Welcome everybody back to Dong City. I know you fuckers missed us. It's been a long time, but we had to come back at you hard. Episode number 69. Speaking of hard, the Bronson Arroyo edition is a good number to choose. He did a lot to us. We did a lot to him. So uh, I'm kind of feeling that number right now with this player. Vince, you ready to get this show started, baby? Just a seamless transition, Henry. I am ready. Ready now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> This whole process has been hard for us. It's been so long, I feel like, since we've been on that, uh, you know, it, no, it hasn't we, come easy. We started giving the folks too many dongs. Yeah. It was dong overload. And then we figured we, we'd come back as necessary. And lo and behold, and it was by chance that the next episode was 69. So, I mean. Yeah. Seems sat good. on that one. We sat on that one for a while. I see even, you know, I'm looking. Looking at our, our little interface here, and I feel like that's even different now, yeah, the way that they're formatting comments. Yep. Yeah. So welcome as everyone trickles in. I know we're on a little bit earlier earlier than we said we were going to be, but I figure, well, it looks like people are coming anyway, so it's great. Yeah. Um, we'll don't be, be shy. I want to see some comments. Uh, don't be shy. We've been away. I see we got 10 people watching. I want to see something in the comment section. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone weigh in. This is going to be a fun episode because we're talking about the wild card race in real time. Uh, it is a wild, wild card race right now. We'll fill everyone in on what the scenarios are, what we think is going to happen. We'll, of course, talk about some individual teams here. Um, and before we get to that, let's kind of fill in everyone on what what we've been up to. Um Henry and I kind of decided that it makes more sense for the show to be sort of more event based. So just coming at you weekly, these are things you can get from the sports center. If anyone still watches that, the internet, which is where I get my news every day, baseball life itself. We do a pretty good job of covering baseball. So uh, we figure times like these, when things are really excited, we're going to come on, we're going to, you know, host this hour, hour and a half meeting, and we're going to be able to talk kind of baseball live, live face to face and whatnot. Um, we'll have another show before the playoffs, another show during the playoffs, things like that. Um, and then, you know, when hot stove gets hot, we'll have that too. So that's kind of where Dong City is moving to. Um, I think you know, part of it too is, is the group has grown so much. Yeah. And I think we're at 9,000 or just over or just under. We're right around the 9,000 mark. And there's so much content that we have these daily discussions on in baseball life and then it's just so much that the group is almost too good for us to have to do weekly yeah. episodes. So we'll be coming yeah. to you even said, as needed. It's almost like we'd have to do daily episodes. <laughs> it's either daily or on event and we can't do daily. We could, but yeah, it'd be like seven minute interviews yeah. or a uh, seven minute episodes, but I'm glad Brandy's here and she's eating fried pickles. So that's Look, really all I ask. Melvin said he's out of Facebook jail for 69. Brandy's eating fried pickles and she's back because it's 69. I, it's just, it's the show, yeah. baby. I got this Ken Griffey long. Jr. over here blowing bubbles. You know, this is what you do during 69. You're blowing bubbles. <laughs> this is all getting very hot for me. Um, By the way, this was one of my baseballism purchases in Cooperstown. Um, we did go to Cooperstown for the Derek Jeter induction. There's a shitload of videos and pictures on the group that I posted. Um, myself, Randy, Rob, Hardy, uh, Lucas, who's Randy's friend, who is a fucking dead ringer for Clint Frazier. We were having fun with oh, that. The redhead, huh? That's the redhead. I spent way too much money in the baseballism store and then and then the uh the shop inside the, the museum itself. I got this, I got 
the bat with everyone's engraved signature on it, which is pretty badass. Here, I don't know if you guys can see that. Oh, it's a black one. That's my favorite. It's actually brown. All right. It's my second favorite. Um, yeah, I spent a lot of fucking money at baseballism in the store, but we had a ton of fun. We had a lot of uh, party and Derek Jeter was Derek Jeter. Michael Jordan was there. CC Sabathia was there. It was a beautiful moment. And uh, I was glad I got to do that. It was the first time I was at the museum. Also, what do you I got, think of the museum itself? I believe it or not, we spent about an hour, hour and a half in, and I still don't think I spent enough time there. Yeah. I also yeah, picked up a Derek Jeter Hall of Fame uh, jersey, which has the I like package. that. Yeah. My Mamba mentality shirt came in, so I got a lot going on. That's a nice, yeah, you're very decorative. Um, I didn't know, uh, you really can't post pictures in the comments? I That surprises me. I didn't know um, yeah, well, while you were doing that, and, I, and I've shared my Cooperstown story before, I was at the only time I've ever been there was 1998. It was like three day, two or three days before Mark McGuire broke the home run record. So they said TVs everywhere showing all of his at-bats while we're walking through the museum. And it's huge. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there. Um, so, you know, you can spend like a day in there, I think. And that was 20 years, 23 years ago. So I don't know. I don't even know what it's like now. But Great. Oh, I bought two uh decanters one with mariano i mean one with roberto clemente signature one with derek jeter's um it's yeah i spent a lot of money <laughs> yeah I, baseballism's headquarters up there right i don't know if it's their headquarters it was a pretty cool store um ton okay. of stuff there um there was you know they had a bunch of stands outside so we went to grab a bite to eat real quick i paid like five dollars for an overpriced hot dog and it was a chicken <laughs> dog it was so nasty it was a chicken oh. frank it wasn't even a beef frank I won't do chicken or turkey, Franks. I've done. I, I did turkey I dogs didn't know for a while. Until yeah, it was too late. It was. It was disgusting. It's too different. I'll do like the reduced fat hot dogs, like Hebrew National, yeah. but I won't do that. By the way, shout out to Joey. Joey mailed me this hat. I want to say it was at the Baseballism store somewhere on the West Coast when he went to one of the stadiums. Okay. Um, with all the different World Series patches from the Yankees, this was pretty badass. So he did send this to me. So good looking to Joey. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Brandy's in your DMs, by the way. In case hey, sixty-nine. Yeah, there uh, we go. Really, really <laughs> celebrating this event. But uh, while you were at the Hall of Fame, I was uh, touring around the Midwest, as I sometimes do. And um, yeah, so went to a Brewers game. Brewers Phillies back then. It mattered. Phillies have kind of taken themselves out in my mind now. Um, but the Brewers won that game. Look, Brewers are rolling. They are very much the NL uh, or the uh, NL version of the race to me. And we said that in the preseason and it's very true now. Um, Probably the best prediction we nailed, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And and for the exact reasons, right? Like they just have these formulas that get them into the playoffs. Um, Payroll doesn't matter. Roster doesn't matter. Offense doesn't matter. It just, you know, this is just what they do. And now we've seen it three years in a row for both teams. So um, Rays just clinching the playoffs today. And, um, yeah, uh, a nice stadium, had real authentic cheese curds, although I'm told by Wisconsinites, even that was not real authentic, but, you know, I, whatever. I had it in Wisconsin. So I was more jealous that I didn't get to meet the other guys that you met up with from our other groups. Yes. Yeah, we but, had. I'm trying to think from baseball life. You know what uh, I was jealous about? Jeff got you the cheese 
a shitload of cheese from Wisconsin. So Jeff Dry, who is in baseball life, uh, Felipe was there too. Brad Modell was there too. Um, you know, is several people from baseball life. Jeff Dry being one of them. He's like our resident Brewers fan. We've had him on the show before. We met in person for the first time. And he, no joke, bought eight pounds of cheese for me because he knows I'm a cheese guy, which, by the way, I'm wearing my Rizzo and Gallo shirt. Um, he knows I'm a cheese guy. He buys me. And all he asked was like, do you like cheese? I was like, yes. And he's like, what kind of cheese do you like? I was like, literally, I've never had a, a cheese I have not liked. I've probably had like close to 30 types. Never had a problem. Wow. He bought spicy jalapeno. He bought like some sort of cheddar I had never had, some sort of Havarti I had never had, just all these like Milwaukee exotic ones that you're not going to find in your local grocery market. And, uh, and we, we literally sat at that table. I had a Malor shot for the first time, which Midwesterners have made out to be like the worst thing ever. Uh, it wasn't good by any means, yeah. but I have definitely tasted things worse than that in my life. Um, yeah, and we ate like cheese. You know, like all of us ate cheese. And then I took probably the remaining five or six pounds home with me through the airport wait, wait, all wait, the wait, way back come to out, Florida. Come out. You said remaining five or six pounds? Would all those people yeah. you only put away a pound or two? We had like probably two or three rounds around the table of the cheese on the uh, uh, weird thing about Chicago. Twice this happened to us. Their chips and the chips and salsa were overcooked both times. So it was like kind of nasty. Yeah. Um, I was told that's not a Chicago thing. It just we must have had the worst chip look ever. Yeah. So we added on these chips. Um, and yeah, we you know, passed it around, but I didn't want to give away too much of it because I wanted to eat it no, myself. No. So no, I was jealous yeah. when I saw the cheese. I was like, wait a minute, now I'm really jealous. I was jealous for the people. Now I'm like extra jealous because of the cheese. Yeah, it was so I had three charcuterie boards when I got home like that week. I just would not go back on my diet until I finished the cheese, which happened like two days ago. So but yeah, I'm glad uh, you guys got to link up. That that looked like a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I was at the Hall of Fame and I was at the 9-11 game, um, which was an experience. Shout out to Chrissy and Carl. They they went with us as well. Hell of a game. Hell of an experience. Um, it's something that just that has to be the thing every season. No, it should, Angela, I, there's no about, reason that has not to be. New York versus New York celebration. They did it right. The only thing I think they got wrong, I'm going to maintain they got wrong was the first pitch. First pitch should have been Mike Piazza. I don't want to hear anybody else. Did he not? Uh, did he not catch Joe Torre? He was there. Um, he caught Joe Torre, but he's got to throw it out. Yeah. It was Bobby Valentine and Joe Torre throwing out the first pitches. You know what's kind of Bobby Valentine without the without the glasses and the muscles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if he didn't lose his mind and become an insufferable prick. Rudy Giuliani would have been a great candidate to throw out the first pitch. I said the same thing. If you were going to yeah. have a politician, he would have been it, but he's fucking gone off the QAnon. Yeah, he, he's totally lost his mind. Uh, Brad will like this. I think that the Yankees and Red Sox should play every 4th of July. <clears throat> I think that should also be a tradition. Okay. But the Mets thing, yeah. I mean, Mets now Mets that we're playing the Mets every year, like a, that's a no-brainer. And there's no reason they can't schedule it. It's not even like that's the end of the season where it's like you have to play your own division or whatever. Like that's a perfect time to play the second time. The only way it could have gotten better is the original game between the Braves and the Mets, which was the first game after 9-11, was in Shea Stadium. So if you would would have yeah. been able to play it there instead of City Field, that would have been cool. But alternate – still up? No. 
alternate stadiums and, and do that every year. That that's a must. That's a must for me. Yeah. And tying all of this in the Yankees first game back was against the White Sox, which was the other game I went to with Ricky Velasquez and Felipe, uh, the hosts of total bases. And uh, and that game was great because the White Sox beat the Red Sox in a walk off so that I think I think this is the first walk off I ever saw that did not involve the Yankees in any way. So that was neat. Uh, two one ninth inning walk off by I already forgot who hit it, but it was a great ending. Great game. That's a nice stadium. It, it's nicer. Both stadiums are actually nicer than I thought. I would say. The Brewer Stadium's like a rich man's chase field, which is like a rich man's truck. <laughs> if we're going based on domes. So um, it, it was just have a like nice stadium in the, as a dome. What's that? Can you have a nice stadium that has dome? Look, I, in in Miami, you can because <laughs> you don't want it not to be a dome. I could tell you that much. But you got the giant joint in center field. It's, it's still there, I think. You know. It's- yeah, it, it's a little. It's a little unorthodox. Like if you go to a Rays game, you don't feel like you're in a baseball stadium. You kind of feel like you're watching baseball, but it's like Rays, I mean. a, yeah, it's like a charity event. Um, Brewers felt more like a ballpark. And you know, Bernie the Brewer, as far as mascots go, is pretty cool. I did see one home run, so I got to see him do the slide. That was the slide. Bryce okay. Harper homeward. So now I get to have seen Trout and Harper Homer in real life, which is nice. Um, <clears throat> but um, yeah, so that was a nice stadium. The White Sox. Everyone talks about guaranteed rate field is a terrible name. It's a great, it's a, it's a really nice stadium, but the surrounding area is coming back a little bit. And I mean the, like the immediate surrounding area. Uh, I can get why people are not high on the South side of Chicago, but immediately around the stadiums come back a little bit. So I was like, I was actually less worried than everyone had kind of warned me to be, which was nice. Melvin said we can add uh, that the Rangers ballpark isn't it? Isn't the Rangers a brand new ballpark that just opened this year? Globe Life, yeah, last year. That makes a lot of sense. Is to it ties into someone's post about attendance, and now that I think about it, Texas has a new park. Makes sense why they're up there in attendance. Was that I never got that answer? What was the answer for that? Um, I don't know if they gave the answer. If I think it was Melvin too who posted it. Um, yeah. I don't know the answer. Melvin, but now what was the answer? It's all coming <laughs> together. I know Texas was up there. He said which. Makes sense because it's a new ballpark. Okay. Yeah, we got Eddie and Larry too. So the whole band's getting back oh. together, which is nice. Um, let's get into some baseball here. So yeah, it's nice. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you got to experience that. If I wasn't on that trip, I the next place I would have wanted to be was definitely at the 9-11 game in, in New York City. And my son, my son drove down from Albany and Metastas, so I got to experience that with him. So that was awesome. That is awesome. Um, we have some baseball going on right now. Uh, Texas, speaking of, has taken the lead on the Yankees 1-0. Luke Voigt, bad second. Yankees don't have a hit in the second, so no surprises there. Uh, Luke Voigt waits till we take a lead, man. You know this already. <laughs> like a seven-run lead, yeah. We got to get um, a big lead. He hits a home run, and then he's doing, the, you know, the dumb shit. <laughs> yeah, he is doing exactly that. Josiah Gray pitching for the Nationals. Uh, I tie that in because when we have our inevitable Seeger discussion later, that's a point that I will bring up. But Josiah Gray pitching well today for the Nationals doesn't look like on the year 580-80, all right? Uh, that's a meaningless game. The other meaningful ones, Red Sox up 2-1 on the Mets. Um, the Mets can make do us a favor, man. Come on. Yeah, they won't. They're going to get swept. I, I almost guarantee. I can't remember, actually, the last time the Mets beat the Red Sox. Probably last, probably 
last year, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. 86? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cardinals up 2-0 on the Brewers. They, and this is the first inning. I mean, they're in that mode now. Like, there's, there's like, several modes of getting hot. There's the you win close games. There's the you win blowouts. And then there's when you just score in the first inning and the game's over. And that's where the Cardinals have reached now. And this is against the Brewers. They're not really playing for anything, but it's still blow- – like, they are red, red, red hot right now. Uh, as they march towards a wild card berth and ruining everyone's playoff matchups because no one wants to see the Cardinals play anyone. I mean, what are they at 10 now? 10 in a row? Yeah, they're at 10 and now they're up to nothing in this game. So that, that would be 11. They're Rays hot. already beat, he already beat the Jays clinched the playoff spot. If the Yankees do win this game and it's one, nothing, so that might be insurmountable. Uh, they're back in a playoff spot, half a game. So a virtual tie, but they are. Tied. Back no, in no, a they'd be tied. I think they'd be tied. Let's see here. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's already – well, no, because the Jays lost, so now it's tied. If the Yankees win, they'll move a half game. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, in the win column, though, so take it for what it's worth. So that's what's happening currently. Uh, now for the actual – these are the playoff scenarios. We can kind of discuss each one as we go here. Um, I'm trying to bring up my window of comments. does not seem to want to do that. So here's what's actually happening right now in the world of divisions. Tampa, in my mind, has clinched. They're six and a half up. There are like nine games left, so that that one's over. Uh, Rays are going to clinch. Not only have they clinched that, they probably are pretty good with the one seed as well. Up four, looks like up three games on the Astros. I just don't see at the pace the Rays win them losing three games in the final nine games or so. Yeah, it's not happening. Yeah, so we can safely say at this point that the Rays are going to have home field advantage and win the East. So that's one piece of the puzzle solved. We can also, I think, just as safely say the Astros are going to win the West. They're up eight games. They're about to clinch. Uh, magic number four. And talk about timeout. Talk about a choke job by Oakland, by the way. Oh man, they've been real bad in the second half. They had like that one. I feel like they had two really hot streaks. That's been it the entire year. Um, but yeah, Astros up eight in the West, and they have ninety wins, which puts them quick math five games over the White Sox, who have been uh, not doing so hot. So the Astros have that two seed wrapped up. The White Sox, by default, have the three seed wrapped up. So a lot of the AL has already been solved. It's really just the wild cards. Right now, the White Sox would be fourth. Yes, but since they are a division winner, they're going to be the three seed because baseball's yeah, nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. So here's what we know. The Rays are going to play the winner of the wild card, and the Astros are going to host the White Sox in the first round. We can already figure that out from now, and I guarantee you it's not going to change. Before we get into the clusterfuck that is the AL wildcard, let's look at the NL real quick. Um, I already told you what the I, – I called it two weeks ago, and it, it, it's what I said. It's going to be Yankees, Red Sox, Sale, Cole. I already see it. You – yeah. See, and we'll get into what we think that's going to be because the, the wild card still has several teams that are in it. Um, but here's, here's in the NL side. Atlanta's up three on the Phillies, not insurmountable, but I'm pretty comfortable that the Phillies just aren't good enough <laughs> to overcome if the, the Phillies were going to make a move, they would have done it already. They had their chances. I think that they're done. Yeah. Braves, 
to your point, have uh, well, the Braves have won three in a row now, but yeah, I, I mean, they're they're just they've they've only won five of their last ten, and they haven't really budged. So the, Atlanta's going to win the East. I'm sure of that. I'm also positive they're also going to be the three seed because the Brewers have 91 wins. That is good for 11 game lead on the Braves if they were in the same division. Insane. Uh, and they're nine and a half up on the Cardinals. So even if the Cardinals win out, the Brewers are still going to win the Central. Uh, so there's your two seed. And they're the two seed because right now, one of the Giants and Dodgers is going to have home field advantage and win the, the division. And that the other team can be a wild card. That NL West division is insane. 98-53 and 53 Giants, 97-54 Dodgers. So it's a one-game, solid one-game difference. Giants up one right now. Um, the loser will automatically be the four seed, which means the Braves and Brewers, much like the White Sox and the Astros, are definitely playing each other, and it's going to be in Milwaukee. Which this just brings another argument, which I don't know. I want to say since we started this show, and I know we've talked about this off the air on our chat in the groups, this is another season that just gives you all the ammo you need for reseeding in the playoffs. It is the hill I'm willing to die on. I got your back on that one, brother. For anything, like out of any baseball topic, if I could change anything about Major League Baseball, it would be reseeding in the playoffs. It's so ridiculous that this is what we run into. And now it's hap- it seems to be happening more often. But ever since – and it's it has nothing to do with the Yankees. In fact – the Giants and Dodgers in this year are the better example. One of those teams is going to win 100 games, and if they lose once, they're not going to advance in the postseason. And if they win that game, they're going to have to play that team in the first round. It makes no sense. Tell me that that is not the dream NLCS matchup right now. There's no better matchup I want to see. You have neutered – the ability for arch rivals to play in the, in the CS. It makes no sense. The Yankees can't play the Red Sox basically. Uh, and the, and the Dodgers can't play the giants anytime. It, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, granted they cannot be the best team in the in the league, but that's when you want them to play the most when one of them's the absolute front runner. It's horrible that you're going to have the better matchups in a shorter series blowing that load early in the MLB playoffs. It's, it just sucks. Yeah, and to make it worse, you haven't changed the DS, so that's still five games. It, it, like, there's other solutions yeah. you can have. You can have the DS be seven, then it's just as important as the CS, fine. You can have a reseed after the play-in game, which they also don't do. So if the Dodge, like, to me, okay, you really want to punish a team for not winning their division, which I think is nonsensical anyway, because not all divisions are created equally, fine have the Dodgers play the Cardinals in the play-in. But if the Dodgers win that game, they should be the two seed because they have the second best record and they oh. already paid the price for being a wild card. I agree. So then they should host the Atlanta or the Milwaukee Brewers and the Giants should host the Atlanta Braves. Like that makes perfect sense to me. Here's the thing. You have right now you have the Giants, the Dodgers, the Brewers, the Cardinals and the Braves in the playoffs. Am I missing anyone? That's it, right? Right. Of those teams, there's only two teams I want to see in the NLCS, and that's the Giants and the Dodgers. I don't want to see Milwaukee in the NLCS. We've seen that yeah. show. They're boring. I'm sorry. They're a good baseball team, they but are. they're boring. And so are the Cardinals. They're yeah. boring. 
Nobody wants to see that shit. Bernie Brewer is the most exciting thing going for Milwaukee right now. And they are a very good team. They have what will probably be the Cy Young winner on their team. I get it. They're still a boring team. Yeah. They're not a fun watch. Yeah, it's if absolutely I, true. Don't get me wrong. If I was a Brewers fan, I wouldn't give a shit. Fun, boring, wins are wins, and that's what you care about. But they're a boring team. I just don't get the logic that you – if you didn't win the most games in your league and you're in a shittier division, to me, that's twice as bad because you had easier competition and you still like the Giants have played the Dodgers 19 times. The Padres have fallen off a cliff, but they were good for a long time. Massive. And they played them 19 times. The Brewers have played the Cardinals who only this past week became good. They're 12 over and they're on a 10 game winning streak. (laughs) Literally the last 10 games, the Cardinals became a good team. And then the Reds are four over. They're basically like the Padres. And then you've got the shit ass Cubs and Pirates who are both terrible. And they still are seven games behind the Giants. (laughs) If you look at their win loss totals. So Brad made a comment. He says, to be fair, everyone said the same about Tampa Bay. And I think Tampa Bay is a fun team though. You watch the brand yeah. of baseball Tampa Bay plays, and that's a fun, exciting team. They give you the a thing, little bit of, of the old stuff. They give you a lot of new sabermetric shit. They still bunt. They, there's things that they do that's fun and entertaining. But if you t- if you if you you get you want to get those casual fans, and and baseball makes their money in the postseason. They make they make their money on viewership. If you get anybody that's you know a non big baseball fan and that doesn't know that the Brewers are a really good team. And you tell them the Brewers are in the World Series, they're not turning in. They're not tuning in for that. You mentioned the Yankees, Brewers you mentioned the Red Sox, you mentioned the Mets, the Dodgers, they're tuning in for those teams. You say the Brewers, yeah. you say the Cardinals, they're not tuning in for that shit. Even the I mean, the Cardinals are gonna draw, but they are they're they're boring. There's nothing about the Cardinals that you tune in to see. There's not a player on that. I'm not tuning in for Goldschmidt or Arenado. I'm sorry. They just don't. Yeah, they don't carry that cachet for me. And I'm an Arenado defender, by the way. Like, I love to bust you and Melvin's balls about it. Um, There's nothing to bust. We won. We've won this <laughs> argument already. I'm taking you know, I, so many I, victory laps. It's not funny right now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not tuning in to watch either of those guys. I don't care about Gallegos coming into closed games. There's no one in that rotation who I'm like, this is must-see television. I agree. But they're going to draw. They have a really good fan base. They have a lot of fans. I get that. Braves are kind of the same thing. They have, you know, Freddie Freeman's kind of sexy, but other than that, like, you know, there's no one on that team. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't not see him. There is, but he's hurt. Right, Acuna would be the only one. Um, And then the Brewers, like you said, again, like, it's just, Uh, yeah, the the difference to me is the Rays hit a lot of home runs. Like, they are an exciting, and but they don't just hit home runs. They also run bases well. They're athletic. They play really good defense. So there are some things I don't like, and there are some comparisons. They're a Swiss Army knife. If there was a team that's a Swiss Army knife, that's that's the Rays. They can change how they beat you. Yeah. So there's overlap there. If you had a Venn diagram, there's certainly a middle ground with the Brewers and Rays, but they're not, they're not the Brewers. Uh, they're more exciting than that. And I think that's what we saw last year. And I'd be totally fine if the Rays made a run. We got Matt, run. we got Matt calling the Brewers to the World Series in the comment section, which is not a bad prediction. They're a very good baseball team. It's they, been a popular prediction throughout the year. And I see, it, I see it in a vacuum. Like I understand why people yeah. feel that way. I just don't. I don't think it's going to happen. Everyone harps on pitching in the playoffs, and, and they should. But to me, the Brewers don't have the right type of 
well, they do have the right type of pitching. They don't have the right type of offense. And you do need an offense to get through the entire postseason. Give me whatever but, odds you want. I'm taking odds on the Dodgers or the Giants representing the National I was going to say, I would take the NL West against the field in the NL. Yep. Uh, we're, we'll do our prediction show in a couple of weeks. But I think that's pretty obvious. Those are just the two far and away best teams. You know what's going to happen? I, I can see it now. We see it all the time. You get a guy like Corbin Burns that has a career year. You put him on the national stage and what happens, Vince? Yeah, they, it's, it's the five bed. innings, four runs. He shits the bed. He chokes. We, we see, see it all, it all the time. time. Yeah. Um, and, and you and got then, a, a journeyman who fucking, you know, who's been in the league 15, 16 years. He'll come and he'll have the start of his years. This is what baseball is. This is why it's fun. Once you get to the postseason, it's a crapshoot. The real yeah. the real journey in MLB, everyone shits on the Rays and says they, they haven't won anything. Tampa Bay's going to the playoffs three years in a row. They have no money. They have no fans. They make money. They play good baseball. They produce a shitload of talent. Their team, their, their scouting team, as an organization, they're light years ahead of everybody else. And they do that. And it's a fun team. And you know what? They're in the playoffs now, you can say, every year. That's winning to me. They may not have a championship. They should have won last year. They probably should have won against the Phillies if it's not for a snowstorm. But yeah. Tampa Bay's fun, man. Tampa Bay just gave away almost their entire rotation. And the part they didn't give away is out for the season. Yeah. And they have the best record in the AL. That's and the all you parts that they did give away did nothing. Yeah. Right. This is just what they do. They are a superior version of the Dodgers. And I think the Dodgers are the most world-class organization in baseball. You know how but everyone it, says you general managers usually pull the trigger one year too late. Yeah. The Rays are always that team that they know when to pull the trigger nine times yeah, out of 10. They're right. They know how many years it's like five, six years in a row. They've made a trade and we're like, are they fucking nuts? They got rid of this dude. They brought in this per are they crazy? And it works. Every time. It's always one or the other. Either the guys they give away do nothing or the guys they acquire do more. Always. It's, yeah. So, uh, and the trades that don't pan out, which are very few and far between, they have like four prospects who are top prospects just waiting to fill that role anyway. So this is what the Rays do. I I mean, it's a real... Wanda Franco was was tearing the league up, you know, for a good month and a half before he got injured. Yeah, what, 30-something game uh, on base streak, which was exciting? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the guy's going to be a killer. Uh, and just like Vlad, I, I mean, he might be even having a better pre Vlad season than Vlad had. So I'm, I'm terrified to know what he's going to do. MVP. Um, other than that, I mean, the NL, there's not much going on in the NL. The Mets are completely out of it. They're five games under 500, which they let me down, man. The Mets let me down. That's really unbelievable. I mean, I mean, it's, you can't tell me that the Yankees winning 90 games and missing the playoffs is more disappointing than the Mets being five games under 500 right now. And very likely at this point to finish under 500 for the season. Yeah. They're, they're going to finish under 500. I, I think they're under 500 now. Um, they're five under, they're not even close really? to 500 now. Yeah. They're going to finish under 500. Then. Uh, that I, is... I'm disappointed, man. They, they, I expected them to come in hitting. I expected them to fucking out pitch everybody. You know, DeGrom was going to be DeGrom and he started the season being better than we expected. I, I just I you couldn't have paid me enough to tell me the Mets would be here with new ownership, with with exciting players, with trading for Lindor, signing Lindor. All the moves that they made, I, I, I can't believe that they're in this situation. My order of sadness now that I'm looking about it, I said an epiphany. 
the New York Mets, to me, are the most disappointing team in baseball now. I've said the Twins all season long, but the reason I feel differently now is that people have the Mets and Padres as World Series picks. Not even just playoff picks. They had them going to the world. They had them. I know you were one of you. You really yeah. thought the Mets could go to the World Series, and I don't blame you. I had the Yankees, Mets in the World Series. Yeah, people had Mets and Padres in the World Series. The Mets aren't going to finish five hundred in an easy division. I think they're leaning into Minnesota, though. Well, so the Twins I had definitely as a team that was going to win the division, but I did not have them in the World Series. That's why I feel differently about it now. They're going to come in last. The Mets aren't. They're going to finish with ninety losses. The Mets aren't. But to me, if you're going expectation where you think you can be a World Series team yeah. and then you're under 500 in the a- in the NL East this year, that, that's I mean, that, with new ownership and all the good juju they had going into the season that and and to Grom, the season he started with. I mean, it's just it's almost too much to handle. And then you have the Padres who let's not sleep on them just because they're a Southern California team. Seventy six and seventy four. They spent billions. It felt like Padres. They laid an egg, bro. They choked hard. I had them winning 100. I had them winning way more than 100 games. I had them, like, challenging the record, and and they just – they shit the bed, man. We all thought the Dodgers could win 110 games this year. We thought the Padres would finish over 100. And the Dodgers are still going to win 100 games. Probably not – they're not going to win 110, but they had dealt with a lot to still win over 100 games. Padres are not – going to win 85 games this <laughs> is a huge drop off and the, and the giants basically became the team we thought the padres were going to be so you've got that going on in the nl uh all of those teams the mets the padres the twins are all more disappointing to me than the yankees at this point and that's not to defend the yankees at all it's just that's the reality of the situation even if they don't make the playoffs so but the NL picture is very clear. Like it's become so clear. We know the Dodgers have the four seed, that five seed's the only one that's basically not guaranteed. And the Cardinals with their 10, maybe soon to be 11 game winning streak are now. You can pencil them in. Four up over the Reds. So that's just about insurmountable. And even you, you, further, I think they're five up over the Padres. But so got the, 10, 10, we got about everyone team has roughly 10 games left. Like 10 to tw- like nine to 12 games. Yeah, so the red, the, the Cardinals Reds aren't are catching your five seed. Yeah. The Reds aren't catching them. I'm sorry. We're going to see St. Louis at LA and not for anything, but if I'm a Dodgers fan, that terrifies me solely because it's the Cardinals and they just ruin shit all the time. You know what's going to happen? I spoke so much shit about Arenado. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm right. But you know, he's going to come up big on national TV in that game. He might yachty them. He might hit that ninth inning and go ahead home run on the road. It might be yachty who does. Dodgers bullpen too. If that yeah. game is close late, I would be shitting myself if I'm a Dodgers fan. You have to get them with the starting pitcher because there's no one on the Cardinals that's going to equal whatever the Dodgers, you know, whether it's Bueller or whoever. They, they have the starting pitching advantage. They have the offensive advantage. They have home field advantage. But if that game's close late, that is advantage Cardinals, baby. And they're going to ruin They're going to beat the Dodgers. And then they're going to go and they're going to play the stupid Giants and probably take them out because they're going to finally turn into an egg. And you're going to have a, a Cardinals. I, I don't think they can beat the Giants. You're going to have a Cardinals Brewers NLCS and just want to kill yourself because you can't reseed. I can't. I, I, 
you know what? Maybe that's what we need. Maybe we need the most boring playoffs and the most boring World Series ever to get them to fucking pay attention to us finally. Yeah, this is all you need to hit MLB directly in the wallet by having the worst rated playoffs possible. And then they'll be like, hey, maybe we uh, shouldn't take the San Francisco and Los Angeles markets out before the second week of October. Yeah, maybe maybe that's not a good idea. Next, Maybe time. we should market out to. Oh, wait, he's not in the playoffs again. Sorry. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Maybe we should stop marketing someone who is never going to play in October when we have a potential triple crown winner who very well may play in October, which segues us nicely back into the AL. And here's what we've got cooking. So we've got the division winners. Like we said, all the divisions are pretty much sewn up. That sucks. So this is right what now. I'm hoping for. It probably won't happen because Boston's a, I, I'm hoping that it's Toronto and the Yankees. Because yeah, obviously, obviously yes, you want you want your tremendous. team to, to make the playoffs. You have you happened to look at who the Red Sox play to finish the year? I have not. This is why it's not going to happen. Do they play Toronto? Not only, no, no, no. Not oh. only are the Yankees and Blue Jays both not going to catch the Red Sox, who now lead six to one. The Red Sox finish this season after they start. They have the series with the Yankees on Friday. The Orioles. They then after that have the Orioles and the Nationals. So layups. The Red Sox are your force. And they've dominated dominated the Orioles, which we have not. And us not dominating the Royals is a difference. Red Sox might lose one more game the rest of the season. You know what? You know, they always say pitching wins championships. I think a team loaded like the Blue Jays could just bludgeon their way to a championship. Yeah, so this is where it gets interesting. Like I said, the Red Sox are going to be hosting that wild card game on 19. I want to see Toronto win the playoffs. I want to. I have been saying this for weeks as a somewhat self-loathing Yankee fan. I don't want the Yankees to make the playoffs. The least of which reason is for the for the higher pick. Like I couldn't care less about where they rank in the pick rankings, but I, first of all, I don't want to lose at Fenway and I don't want to see Garrett Cole lose to Chris Sale. And that's on the table. Mm-hmm. Secondly, this Yankee team doesn't deserve to be in the playoffs and they're not going to go anywhere if they do. Like they, they very well could win that game. Anyone could win one game, but then they're going to Tampa and they're not going to, they've shown no reason they can beat any good team this year consistently. They've done it to all of them, but they haven't done it consistently. And day to day, they're not consistent. So, do I want to see the potential that my team loses to its arch rival on the road with its ace on the mound and the upside is losing to my other division rival the next round instead? No, that's not something I want to get myself into. And the other thing is this. Say it. If the blue, if it's the Blue Jays instead, Henry, and they play the Red Sox and they beat them, yeah, that's a team that can give everyone trouble just with that offense alone. And? If the Yankees don't make the playoffs. Toronto does, which makes Vlad MVP in my mind. He's MVP I, regardless. He's but MVP to me. Right. But the, you're missing the bigger pitch, man. We, we are able to retire an entire segment. We should. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, I'm a little worried. That's why I said we should be able to retire an entire segment. 
Yeah. Uh, our, our pinstripes forever counterpart Yankees group, um, you know, my safe haven for only Yankee fans as much as safe. Haven I, I like Yankee. that group. I like to bust some of the guys chops in there. But yeah. It's, it's as good as it gets for Yankee fans. This <laughs> is how I look at it. For a single, um, for a single page Facebook group. Yeah. It's tolerable. Exactly. Does that make sense? Um, Yes, it does. And it's a little scary. We've got some quotes from The Athletic, which I, I pretty much trust The Athletic saying that Aaron Boone's not going to be fired regardless, which which uh, I don't know. That I, I tend to push back on that. That can change. Remember, Joe Girardi was coming back for sure. Yeah, yeah. I push back on that because I just cannot – if the Yankees didn't make the playoffs and the three other teams in the ALEs did, including the Red Sox who rebuilt in, one, in basically one season y- – and it's this again, I've pointed this out all year to people who like to bust my balls about Aaron Boone coming back. It isn't retaining his contract. It's giving him a new one. And there's a huge difference to me there. And They're not giving Aaron Boone a one-year deal. They're ex- they have to give him a whole new contract. Three to five years, yeah. Yeah, you can't tell me a team that got worse in 2020 and worse again in 2021 and missed the playoffs entirely during what's supposed to be a World Series window – you're going to give that manager an extension. This is with adding the best pitcher in the AL and yeah. your superstar taking the next step to getting even better. That's with that happening. I can't imagine even how, like Hal does not like to spend money like his dad did. So for you to spend 300 plus million on Garrett Cole and win zero playoff series, the first two years, someone has to take a fall for that. And it's not Garrett Cole. Uh, so in my mind, if the Yankees don't make the playoffs, it's a guarantee Aaron Boone and probably Marcus Timms, because I, for whatever reason, I feel like they're connected, uh, are probably both going to get fired. And then you're going to go to work on the roster, which we can talk about all offseason. Brian but, Cashman's going nowhere. Yeah. I, I, Cash- I see, I see is- fire Cashman everywhere. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, Yankee fans, stop the shit. Cashman, dead. Look, Cashman gets his fair share of criticism, and a lot of it is deserved. But then there's a lot of shit that people just completely forget. Like when we get guys like Luis Hill for absolute bums. Yeah. When we pick up a Luke Voigt, right? When he's nobody and say what you want about Voigt, he still has trade value. Still a middle of the lineup order, just not on this team. I mean, middle of the lineup bat. For every move, bad move Cashman has made, he's made three or four good ones. So Cashman's going nowhere. Yeah, he's he's a mixed bag that errs on the side of good. Uh, he does more good than bad. The only thing I have an issue with Cashman is just his misunderstanding of how to build a team in 2021. He does great. Like individually, if you look at all of his moves, they're fine, right? Like we we basically got Rizzo and Gallo for very little. Right. Um, Haney is whatever is a terrible deal, but we also didn't give up anything. He's still got prospects. The farm system still looks good. We still have three blue chip prospects. They're still going to win 90 plus games, even though they had 59 different players play on the roster this year because of injuries, COVID and all sorts of shit. But at the end of the day, for me, the fact that Brian Cashman went into this year, essentially with nine right-handed power hitters as his lineup, like that he's got to look in the mirror this winter, but he's not going anywhere. He's definitely not going anywhere this winter. You can make a case because his contract's up after 2022, but I tend to decide with you. You remember what I said? If anything, Cal is going to be like, you need to do this. He's not going to be like, you're out. There's only one way to get rid of Cashman, which is still dumb, but the way you get rid of Cashman is you give him a promotion. 
You make him the president of baseball operations exactly. and you have him bring in another GM. Yeah. And as excited as I will be for Aaron Boone to get fired, I'm not, if you think like Buck Showalter is going to come in, it's that like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Brian Cashman's not going to say, okay, well, I may have made a little bit of a mistake with Aaron Boone and firing Joe Girardi. Let me bring in Buck Showalter to not listen to a single word I or the analytics department has to say. You've watched Brian Cashman's career. You've noticed that George Steinbrenner has kind of clipped his dick for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until Cashman grew his dick a little bit and said, hey, if I'm the GM, I need full autonomy. He kind of stood up to George. Yeah. And George was like, oh, shit. You know what? You're right. And he gave him full autonomy. Ever since then, Cashman might as well be black because that dick is long and hard, baby. I mean, he he that's remember, he he told Bernie, you're done. He told yeah. Jeter, you're done. He told A-Rod and Texture. He's had those difficult conversations ever since he's been given that full autonomy. There is a bit of an ego there, and I wonder if that ego would be put aside if Hal says, yo, I need you to bring in somebody who's more of yeah. a baseball guy. By the way, Luke Voigt second at bat, double play. Um, first swing, probably swinging at the first pitch. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, that's exactly right. Is If anything, Hal will say, hey, Mike Fishman – not the guy in analytics. Right. I, I don't know what analytics the Yankees have smoked all year and last year too, but it, it's not right. It, you like you can easily look at how the Red Sox build a roster. It's not wrong, but it's not right. It's it's kind of in between. It, it's not bleeding edge. Like my thing is, if you're gonna go the analytics heavy route, which they they have, they are an analytics heavy team. They're not the Rays, but they're analytics heavy. If you're gonna go that route, you need to be the Rays <laughs> or you need to be the Brewers. And they're not. They're not that good. Right, but those so, teams do it because they don't have the resources in terms of cash to go they do it because they, it's the only way they can survive. Yeah, adapt or die. The The Yankees are in this weird purgatory where they, they don't have a good enough analytics team to be full analytics, but they want to be full analytics. Right. Uh, whereas a team like the Red Sox, I've said this many times, you can read an article from 2016 with the Red Sox when Dave Dombrowski came in. This is exactly the type of thing Cashman has to do, but has to a level down. Dave Dombrowski came in and he balanced out that organization. It was extremely analytics driven. That's how you get the Mookie bets of the world, but they needed that balance of Dombrowski to make some more classic baseball moves like trading for Chris sale and pushing back a little bit on, on the importance of OPS as opposed to batting. He gutted their farm though. Yeah. He got, they did. Yeah. He inherited a good farm just as the Yankees, you know, Yankees have a good enough farm. Um, but the Red Sox realized old shit still mattered, like batting average and contact rate and stuff like that. And that's those are things that the Yankees haven't adapted to. I think I have hope they're doing it in the minor leagues right now because guys like Anthony Volpe and uh, Peraza, those are guys who are Swiss Army knives in the minors. They're able to steal bases. They're able to hit for average. They have power. I think that the organization has switched that way in development, which I love analytics for development it finds just the craziest players who can, who can turn a profit, but I hate it for direction of a team. And right now the Yankees haven't figured that out. And that's what I hope Brian Cashman does either by hiring a manager who leans a little more old school, like the Astros did with Dusty Baker, which has worked out like the white Sox did with Tony La Russa, which has worked out. No. Um, or he moves into president of baseball operations and he hires a GM who's going to make some of those more old school news moves either of those are a solution for the yankees organizationally 
uh, and then move-wise we can get into in the offseason. But I, I agree with you. If the, if the Blue Jays make it over the Yankees, and as of this second, they are absolutely tied in the division. The Yankees still down one nothing. Um, if the Blue Jays make the playoffs and the Yankees don't, I have to believe Aaron Boone gets fired. Even if they lost the play-in, I would still think he'd get I fired. I will pray that he gets fired. Yeah, right. We will but optimistically to, hope that he will get fired. To, to bring it back, because we started with we started this about the Blue Jays in the playoffs. I, that's the yeah. team I want to see. That's they're exciting. They're a better team. <laughs> they're a more exciting team. I want to see the Blue Jays. Blo- I think Matt said something in the comments that he doesn't think Tampa Bay can beat the Blue Jays. I mean, he doesn't think Tampa Bay. Uh, the Blue Jays can beat Tampa Bay. Excuse me. I think they absolutely can. I think when my thing is who down, else would. You know, like the, you could say the same for the Yankees and the Red Sox. The Rays have beaten the Red Sox ass, it feels like, all year long. So I, I don't have any more confidence in that. So if you're going to choose a wild card, yeah, why not? The At least the Jays have the offense and they have Robbie Ray. And they have, you know. I want to see Vlad. I want to see Marcus. I want to see the big guys doing it on the big. I want to see that offense just fucking yeah. explode in the playoffs. Yeah, it may not happen, by the way. Like, the, that offense can be shut down, um, but it, it's that's an entertaining product. Uh, you know, I, I would have no problem. I don't consider the Blue Jays some weird rival. I mean, they're a pain in the ass, but they're not like – even the Rays, who knocked us out last year, I still don't feel like this is an arch rival, even though I don't like them or their mm-hmm. players. It's really the Red Sox and Astros for me. Like, I, like, there's no scenario I'd root for either of those two teams. But everyone else, it's like, if the Yankees don't make the playoffs and the Jays do, I don't, like, take that personally. They they played each other 18 times so far, and the Blue Jays are 8-10. and 10, So it's a game away from 500. I mean, it, it's pretty close. Yeah, I mean, that, that goes either way. Um, you know what I'm curious about? We talk about all the time how like six and and you know six game sample sizes regular season mm-hmm. mean nothing. I am curious if the majority of the time a divisional winner wins a season series, if what their record is in the playoffs head to head. I'm gonna put Melvin on that. He likes looking at these sorts yeah. of things. Uh, but anyway, so personally, I still think the Jays will make the playoffs. I, I don't think the Yankees are going to make the playoffs. I do think the Yankees will win 90 games, uh, 90 plus games and not make the playoffs, which is fine. I don't but, know if uh, I can get what I want. I want the Yankees and I want Toronto to make the playoffs. I don't know if I can get that. It takes a lot yeah, to get that. You're not. <laughs> like I said, I, Orioles and Nationals, they're like and the, J, and the Red Sox have a two-game lead and they're winning 6-1 right now. So even if the Yankees come back and win this game, there's no movement. It's, it's, game off the it's just a game it's off the calendar. Up. What's that? It's just a game off the calendar. It means nothing now. Yeah. It's if, if both teams won today, Red Sox are two up over the Yankees and two and a half up over the Blue Jays. Now, look, the Yankees can theoretically sweep the Red Sox this weekend. That would help. They'd be a half game up. Yeah. And if, and if the Jays swept whoever they're facing, they'd be a half game up. But that's probably not going to happen. It's at Fenway. It would totally be the Yankees Red Sox rivalry for that to happen, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. But then we would lose. We'd get swept by the Jays the next series. It doesn't matter. I, I've said it so many times. This Yankees team is the most frustrating team I've ever rooted for in my sports life. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I'm more prone to think it'll be like a boring, inconclusive thing, like Red Sox take two out of three. I don't know if you could um, say that because you're a Giants fan and the last few years have been fucking maddening. But for me, yeah, like even the Niners, like for the Niners, we've been really good or we've been really bad. So there's no there's none of this roller coaster that the 2021 Yankees are giving you. It's not like, oh, shit, this team looks like they can win the World Series. Holy shit, we're getting our ass kicked by the, the O's. You know, it's just. Yeah, it's the roller coaster part. Like even the Giants back to Tom Coughlin, they had years which people seem to forget because I think we just will cling on anything positive about the Giants in the past because they're so bad now. But they had years where they folded like a tent in this in December, like would lose by 30 points every game and miss the playoffs. And uh and that was like mind-boggling. But there's never been like this ebb and flow. I mean, the ebb and flow of the 2021 Yankees. There should be a documentary on it one day. Like there should be psychiatrists in that locker room. I don't understand how it's even possible. Day to day, they have no moment. Like momentum just does not exist. And when it does, though, it's extreme. But then like the next day, they'll they'll just start a new 10, 10 day week where they're terrible. I think Randy woke up from his nap just to make that comment in the comment section about you and the Giants. <laughs> I don't know where he gets these sound bites from. I have never, ever said the Giants are good. I think Randy just likes to take out his I wrath. I don't know, man. You, you defend them pretty Go hard. Find the, I predicted six wins last year, or seven win, six wins last year. They won six games. You're a better Yankees fan than you're a Giants fan. saying they're good. I, as your counterpart, I'm going to tell you, you're a better Yankees fan than the Giants fan. I'm going to tell you that much. It's easy to be. It's easier to be a better Yankee fan than Giants fan. Um. Yeah, I. And Matt look, is making wild the He said there's more of a chance Seattle will leap in. So he's he's smoking that pot. No, Seattle's done. Yeah. Um, Gettleman also. I said should be fired last year. I'm a Gettleman lover. Uh, <laughs> Seattle's done. Oakland is done. Oakland. In my mind, it comes. It's Yankees, Red Sox, Blue Jays. Red Sox are getting the four seed. So it's one of three the of them. And my five. prediction of two. Three AL East teams making it is going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. And I'm trying to remember now. I, I know I had the Yankees winning the division, but I did have the Rays winning the wild card, and I did say it would be a toss-up. Uh, it's not a toss-up, but the Rays will make the playoffs. Of course you said you're, it's going to be a toss-up. You're Vince. You got to head Yeah, it's a dead heat. I mean, some things just are what they are. It was going to be a toss-up. It wasn't, but I thought it would be. Um we had the we both had the twins winning the central. Obviously, they came in last. I did have the White Sox again coming in second. Um, and then the Astros, I had making the playoffs. I think you had not making the playoffs. We both had the A's winning the division. So I'll get it's a mixed bag for sure. I wouldn't um, mind. Look, the Astros are, are going to the playoffs. So all I can hope is that they make the playoffs and then get their ass handed to them on national TV. That's the last hope I have left. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm with you, though. I, I, first of all, think the Jays will make the playoffs. I also hope the Jays make the playoffs over the Yankees. Bro, I want, I want that off. I think an offense that powerful deserves to be in the playoffs. The n- national TV needs to see that kind of offense. Yeah, I agree. It'd be good for baseball. And you get an actual MVP candidate for the first time in probably like a decade that would be in the playoffs. So You know – there is about that. There's a prediction I said at the beginning of the season that people thought I was fucking nuts. I said no pitcher would have over 200 innings pitched. 
right now as it stands with, with 10 days to go, there's one pitcher that has pitched exactly 200 innings. And the pitcher behind him that's at 196 innings is Adam Wainwright. Wow. <laughs> that pitcher is Zach Wheeler, by the way. Wow. That's Young a, pitcher wow. over 200 innings. Remember so I was pretty close. Was, I was pretty close. You were pretty close. Remember when Zach Wheeler was the guy you let go if you're the Mets? Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. And um, I'll give you – look, I'll give you the top five guys in innings pitched, and you tell me that you had any of them up there. Zach okay. Wheeler, Adam Wainwright, Sandy Alcantara, Walker Buehler, and Robbie Ray. Who the fuck saw those guys? Yeah. I mean, I, the only reason I wouldn't have said Walker Buehler was because it's the Dodgers and their analytics. They manage the load. They manage load. Yeah. Uh, but in a vacuum, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Alcantara, I guess, doesn't either. But, uh, yeah, I know. I mean, that's a surprising list, no matter how you, how you get around it. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, really, we're down to there's really only one like the Yankees might be the only team as of this exact moment on the outside who, who won't make the playoffs that we think the NL the NL has been decided <laughs> and the AL has been decided except plus the Yankees like they're the only team that can that can make the playoffs who's not in a playoff spot yeah. right now. Um, but yeah, so I it's. We'll see. So, uh, I mean, we're so you, see you, you said you have Vlad as the MVP? Yes. Uh, and I stated my actual reason. It's now 2 nothing Rangers, by the way. Um, I stated my actual reason this morning because it was like the 700th post about this. And I finally looked into it. I knew that Otani had dropped off, right? He's had a really, really bad August and September. So really, ever since the fever pitch of the All-Star break, on uh, the trade deadline, he has fallen off a cliff offensively. Under, and, understandably so. Yeah, and been shut down pitching-wise. Yeah. And, yeah, totally understandably so. The dude was doing both all year. Like, it, we know this isn't sustainable. Henry and I have said he should be a, a reliever for years, <laughs> multiple years now. Um, yeah, to wear on the body. I, I get it. But it, the fact remains that happened. And my thing is this. If you look at F war for Otani, he now is not top 20 in either category. He is Tyler O'Neill as a hitter and he's Cal Quantrill as a pitcher. That's the same war he has for both those guys. They're both like 21st or 22nd at each thing. So there's value in pitching and hitting. Obviously, I am very much of the Babe Ruth is the GOAT contingent. And so I, I do recognize like pitching is super, super important in value. But Babe Ruth was a Hall of Fame pitcher and the best, 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 best hitter by far. He was better than teams. So that's why that's a separate argument. There has to be a ceiling on how important being a good, not great pitcher is. And I think for me, it sets a terrible precedent if you give Otani the MVP in a year that Vlad He's probably not going to win the triple crown, but he's going to damn well challenge it. And he's having just an unbelievable year. If this was a Dustin Pedroia MVP type year where he had like 17 home runs and 100 RBIs, I'd feel differently. But it's not. Vlad is having an unbelievable season for a playoff team. He's top five in war as a hitter. He's played really good defense, which has kind of gone unnoticed. And no matter what, you're going to be hypocritical with this MVP pick. Because two other guys have a top five F war on the Blue Jays. So all that supporting cast the Yankees MVPs don't get it for is going to come to light here. So 
and that comes a lot of that comes with defense though. Like Marcus Simeon gets a high F war because of his defense. Yes. But here's my thing. Otani is a good, not great pitcher. Otani is a good, not great hitter. If he did just one of those two things, would he be great at either one? We probably don't know. Probably not. Volume matters. Vlad has like over 60, 70 more plate appearances. Otani doesn't throw enough innings to, to match up with the guys who are in the Cy Young discussion. You got to do one or the other if, if you ask me. Now, just because you can play both ways. Now, it's a hell of an impressive feat. The guy is marketable. He's good looking. He's a really good player. Because he can play both positions, I kind of feel like they're giving him the award because he has the ability to do it. Yes. So yes. I have a problem with that. He's not the best hitter. He's not the best pitcher. He's not the best defender. He is a unicorn. He does a little bit of everything, and that's great. We can honor that and worship that without stealing Vlad's MVP. Yes, that's exactly how I feel. He's solely at this point being given the MVP because of his dynamic. Why can't we just say he's the most dynamic player in baseball given pitch and hit? Because, and I have not, contrary to popular belief, been on the Otani is not MVP wagon all year. Like April and May, I felt glad was the MVP because his numbers were just out of control. Um, but right around July, I had come along, I had come around on Otani. Because at that point, he was probably a top three hitter in the league. And he had like a sub three sick ERA. Now he doesn't have either. He's like a three ERA pitcher, which is, again, good. It's not great. And it's cherry picked on top of it. Uh, and he no longer is even a top 20 hitter. So like that's my if, problem with it. If you compare them offensively, and I'll give you traditional stats. Vlad has more home runs, more runs scored, more RBIs. Now, Vlad strikes out a lot less. Mm -hmm. Otani's K rate is almost 31%. It's 30.4. 30, Vlad Another is at 16%. Critical factor. Yeah. You give Otani the strike, the, the rate, by the way, then judge 2017, he strikes out too much. That's out the window. Exactly. Too. So you have Vlad who walks more, strikes out less has a higher batting average, gets on base more, and slugs at a higher percentage. He's literally wiping the floor with him across the board in every offensive stat. Yeah. I So just because Otani can pitch shouldn't make him the MVP because there's, there's that little added value there. Oh, no, by the way, if we're using Otani's pitching as an intangible, as we rightfully should, because that's oppressive, what, Vlad, <laughs> Vlad has become red hot, and he's carrying a team that was dead in the water, built by their offense, driven by their offense. Because Robbie Ray's had one really good start in this entire run that the Blue Jays are on. It's been mostly the offense averaging like seven runs a game, led by Vlad in the middle of that order, leading them to a playoff spot. So if they make the uh, – this is 2006 Justin Morneau all over again, except he's possibly a triple crown winner this time. And I know Marcus Simeon's on the team and Marcus Simeon is having a career season in his free agent year. Not surprising. Marcus Simeon has yeah. always been a very good player. Marcus Simeon is not this good of a player. I will tell you that is a direct effect of hitting in front of Vlad. People would rather pitch to Marcus Simeon than they would Vlad. I would. Yeah. It's a good point. It's the so, Abreu Arod syndrome. Right, you, you're getting more pitches to hit because they don't want to see Vlad. They'd rather try to get you out before they see Vlad with fucking runners on base. That guy's a fucking yeah. machine. 
Yeah. And by the way, Morneau had an hour too. So I don't, I don't, I am not one of the people who thinks that because you have another MVP caliber guy on your team, that no. makes you less valuable. I'm going to go back to what I said before. I want to see Otani in the bullpen because I think that will allow him to be a better hitter. Now yeah. you talk about an angels team with Rendon, Otani and Trout. It's pretty fucking sexy. Yeah. That's why they're, um, they're not going to be in on and Marsh and, you know, and Mar. I forgot Marsh, you know, that, that, that could be pretty sexy. I want to see that, but you got to let Otani concentrate on one facet of his game in order to get the most out of him. I don't think they're getting the most out of him right now. I think it's been a really good sideshow. It, it has been good for baseball. Like the, it overall, I, I get what you're saying about the overmarketing part. And I tend to agree. I, I mean, yeah. if Otani farts a certain way, he gets national press about it, but it has like he, him existing is good for baseball. Um, him being in a big market is good for baseball. Him even being with Mike Trout and just spreading anything to the angels with Mike Trout's boring personality is good for baseball. He checks but, the financial boxes, bro. Yeah. But here's the problem. Otani will never do this for an entire season. We know like this was the closest shot he got to yeah. pitching from start to finish and hitting from start to finish and doing it at an accelerated level. Uh, I don't think he's ever going to do it. And, and that's if he stays healthy, if the angels ever do become a serious playoff team, if guys like Marsh and Adele do pan out and they do get pitching somehow, cause they realize they need it. What then? <laughs> like is Otani just going to get shut down in the middle of a, division race one year like that's that's the part Not i think that, about otani's contract's coming up soon so how do you value a guy that you don't get the maximum stuff out of yeah and now that i'm reading otani's bio i realize a lot of this is otani driven he absolutely wants to be the best pitcher and hitter at the same time so the angels are catering to it and i get it um it's not that the Angels don't have power over the situation because, yeah, they maybe they may not even re-sign though. Tani wants his arms up, but for his own career and own self-preservation, they need to do something. He can still pitch and hit, but it should be as a reliever with a much less workload, and then you can really cherry pick his opportunities. Um, I just, I just, it's just that, the, the guy throws gas. The, the guy yeah. has a big. His arm is as big as his bat, so. You're bringing him in in the eighth inning as a fireman, maybe. I don't know if you make him your closer, but let's say you bring him in in the eighth inning. You need to be the fucking guy throws 99, 100 miles an hour. What do you think is going to happen if you put him extra rest in, in the bullpen and he doesn't have to throw four different pitches over six innings? You know what I mean? Yeah. You, yeah. You you put him in right field or first base, whatever he plays sparingly. The H -O. Uh, And then he comes in. For the seventh and eighth inning, puts out the fires, and in the ninth, he's back at first. You keep his bat. In the can you D can you DH? He can be the DH and pitch. He can be the DH and no, I don't think you can. You can because it's a. I don't think you because it's it's a situation where if the pitcher spot you, comes you, up, the pitcher has to hit. I think you'd have to declare not having a DH. And yes, once he's out of the game, though, you would lose his spot unless right. he went to a field. So the same thing, like if he started at DH and pitched, you lose the DH. And then you'd have to probably move him to first and lose the first baseman, too. You know what? I, I It's just hitting me now. and it's What's the roster rule? What do you mean? What's the roster spot rule? Does he count as two spots on the roster? 
I don't think so. I think he counts as one. Now, what would be interesting is if you do have a pitcher limit, it, which, you know, is on the table for mm-hmm. MLB, does he count as... You have to create a special rule for that. Yeah, yeah, they'll have to look into that. Uh, Brad wants us to talk about the Red Hot Red Sox, who are just, I mean, they are they are murdering the New York Mets, who are five games under 500. So, yeah, Brad, I, that's just, uh, that's a bang-up job. I think that I might pick them now to go to the World Series because they're killing the Mets every day. That's nice. I've been saying uh, it all. I've been saying it all season. You see the difference a good manager makes. Wait, wait, hold on. Let me. They're on a six-game winning streak, so it's not just the Mets. Before that, they uh, they killed the Orioles. Before that, so that's really good too. <laughs> and then before that, they uh, won a game in extra innings against the Mariners. So they, yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, they're red hot. You got it, man. They they killed. Look. That's the reason they're in the playoffs and the Yankees won't be because they're gonna give really the Red Sox. Team. I'm gonna give the Red Sox credit here. They made the right hire. They brought the guy back that got shit done. Cora yeah. is a very good baseball man, and he's a great manager. And I've been telling people for the longest, both Coras are really good baseball guys. I would not have a problem if the Yankees went out and got Joey Cora as their manager. And I've said that many, many times. Cora is a very good baseball guy. You can see the difference in that team being motivated. And you watch those games. You can count the games that he's got them wins by his managing. He's a very, very good manager. Well, the thing about Alex Cora and Alex Cora now is being treated properly. He is a good manager. I felt in 2018 when literally everything possible that could go right went right for the Red Sox. And yeah, he was made up to this, like, Bro, he had the Joe Torrey touch that season. Yeah, he did. But, but it's not got, hard when you have everyone performing. You still got to give him credit the same way Joe Torrey got credit. I I, I did. He there was, was, mo- there was moves that he made, just like Joe Torrey made moves, that went against the book, that went against everything that they should have done in those moments. And they fucking worked. And then in 2019, when he didn't have everything go right, they were a mediocre team. So that, like, that's my point. It, it's not so much that Alex Cora doesn't deserve praise. It's that a manager only has so much of an impact. The talent is really the majority of it, not all of it. But we see the two extremes. Aaron Boone minimizes talent, yeah. and Alex Cora gets the most out of it. That's all you can ask for a manager. We watch every Yankee game, and we see the moves that lead directly to losses. Yes. As fans, we can pinpoint it tonight with Luke Boyd batting second. Right. You can pinpoint some moves that say, hey, this move will cost a fucking loss. And they usually do. Yeah. Go get Joey Cora. Go make this rivalry exciting again. They won't do it because Joey Cora is not a friend of the franchise, but they do need a manager like that. Someone who can who can make decisions on the fly. I think we have the like, same that's what guys. I respect about we have the same guys in mind. Cora, yeah, Beltran, Ibanez. I mean the same guys. Alomar and Cone. I I Cone is and a guy I think the only one with a real shot is Cone because he's white. The Yankees don't hire right. Latinos. Yeah, he's white and has an attachment to the Yankees. So uh, I mean you can rule out Ibanez and Beltran, even though they have attachments because they're not. Uh that's just how it is. But yeah, I mean that's the part I like about Alex Cora is he understands the analytics. He makes decisions with analytics in mind, but when shit goes wrong, like Erod doesn't have his stuff or Brazier, Brazier is struggling, 
he can make moves on the fly because he understands baseball right. and he under and he also by the way understands the psychology of it you can be an analytics guy and still also understand that baseball is always going to have a human element to it and he knew eduardo nunez i i distinctly remember 2018 like talked about this yeah. he gets the most psychologically out of his players he builds them up with confidence he puts them in spots to succeed and then they succeed and then they start to believe that the reason they're succeeding is not them. It's Alex Cora. <laughs> and that's when, you know, you've got a really good thing going. Managing baseball is that ultimate mind fuck. Yes. It, it is none of that with a bad manager. And that's, that's the difference. So yeah, uh, Alex Cora is fine. He, he should be there in the next 10 years or until, you know, the Red Sox do their thing where they come in last place and then, and then fire everyone. And then win the world series four years later, like one of those things is going to happen. We'll see. Um, but that's the difference between a good manager and a bad manager. And uh, it's not contrary to popular belief that, you know, the Yankees lost this game or this team lost this game. And now I'm upset and I want to blame someone. It's we, we look at these things and these things matter and you can tell the difference. Um, and that's why the blue Jays are going to make the playoffs. The Yankees aren't not because the blue Jays have a great manager because the Yankees have a bad one. And he's cost them many, many games this year. And I wasn't saying this when Joe Girardi was manager. I had, I very, very rarely complained about the Yankee manager, even in 2013, 2014, 2016, when they weren't good. I still didn't have problems with the manager. He's doing the best he can with the talent he had. This you know, is I not one of those Remember times. I said that thing about Brian Cashman having an ego? Yeah. One move he could make that would show he wouldn't have an ego is to bring back Joe Girardi. Yeah, and it'd be great. This team is built for a manager like Joe Girardi, and it really never stopped being built for a manager like Joe Girardi. So, um, yeah, I mean, Brad's a friggin' Red Sox fan. He can he can dissect the issues with Aaron Boone. Like, it's not hard to see. The only mouth-breathing idiots who don't seem to grasp it are the ones who don't watch the Yankees and then think we're just, like, hormonal about it. It's just, you can see it. It's not hard to see. Um, and the Red Sox, yeah, they, they, the reason the Red Sox and probably the Blue Jays are going to move on is because they beat bad teams. So there's something to be said for it. It just is not an indication of how they're going to do it in the playoffs is my point. Um, and in my mind, you have the Tampa Bay Rays and Houston Astros, and then you have everyone else. And there's like a big gap there in the AL. Um, so we'll see, but official predictions, wildcard race is crazy. Um, I think Jays are going to pull it out for that second one. And I think the Red Sox for all intents and purposes have wrapped up that four seed. I'm going to stick with my prediction, not because it's smart, but because it's what I want. I'm going to say blue Jays and Yankees. Okay. Okay. That's on you. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Um, so, yeah. So that's what we wanted to get to tonight. Uh, this is what's going to come up. In a couple of weeks, and we have to figure out the day. I think the playoffs start on a Wednesday. So probably either Monday in a couple of weeks or Tuesday in a couple of weeks, depending on our schedule. We'll come back. We'll give an official playoff prediction. Um, as far as we'll know all of the matchups, obviously. So we can do, obviously, that round and then, obviously, our entire playoff prediction. And then we'll try and come back after each round of the playoffs as well. Uh, we'll play that by ear to a degree. And then, of course, we have other fun you know what? stuff. Maybe, maybe we'll have some fun and, and go live a few minutes if something goes crazy. Like, if there's a fucking game, yeah. you know, maybe we'll just hop on for a few minutes, you know. Right. Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, we have awards, you know, to go over stuff like that as well. So all of that's coming to you in the next few weeks. 
And then of course we'll hit the off season. Um, we do have some, a couple of things lined up for the off season. That should be fun. And then of course, hot stove, hopefully will pick up, uh, not at a glacial rate. And of course we have the whole CBA. It's going to be like 2020 all over again. We get to talk about the CBA, uh, as often as we can, just to tell you why players are striking, why you should support them and how long it's going to last. So Mm -hmm. there you go. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, this was fun getting getting back into it. Uh, Rangers like out hitting the Yankees 8-2 at this point. No surprises there. You said 8-2? to two? Eight, They're winning 3 nothing, but they're oh. out hitting the Yankees 8-2 to two, as if they have anything to play for and they have anyone in their lineup who's remotely good. So, there you go. Um, anyway, thank you guys for joining us. Everyone who came on to talk, uh, everyone in the comment section, we appreciated it. Good to get some MVP and wildcard talk and playoff talk. And of course, Aaron Boone trashing talk, all of that. It felt, good. it felt good to be back. It felt good. It felt good to yes. be home. So we will be back in a couple of weeks. This has been Dong City. Good luck to your teams if they're still in it. Uh, and we'll be back. Everyone have a great night. Dong City, bitches.